0: This Thursday, May 28th, we feature a nationwide series with a local focus called Rebuilding America. For The Oklahoman, I'm Dave Morris. The Oklahoman is owned by Gannett Media and is part of the USA Today network. And across that network, newspapers are focused on how America will rebuild. What are the economics? What can consumers expect this summer? And locally, what does Oklahoma City look like? For today's conversation, Our Paige Dillard recently spoke with Roy Williams, CEO of the Greater Oklahoma City Chamber. He offers his insight into what he's seeing now and what he envisions moving forward. Some positive, some roadblocks.
1: Well, since I am downtown every day, I kind of see a lot of stuff changing. Uh, I see a lot more activity. I see a lot more cars on the street. I see a lot more people walking on the street. A lot of restaurants have opened down here. And as I drive around the city, I see a lot of retail establishments have opened. So I think there's been a very noticeable change. Um, We survey our members every two weeks, and so we test them. And st- there's still, though, uh, I think a lot of hesitancy on the part of employees. There's still a concern by employees: Am I going to be safe at work? Uh, especially if there are customers or people who enter the building, or are there going to be proper safeguards? Is the uh, protective equipment going to be adequate? That kinds of things. But I think, on the other hand, we see people are very anxious. There are people who do want. To get back to what they were doing before all this started, it's so a little bit of a paradox. But I think the the desire to get back is much stronger than the desire not to. So so it's changing. It you can feel it and see it. How has the chamber adapted
0: during this during this time?
1: Well, you know, we are pretty much like any other business. Uh, we have 73 employees, so we have a sizable staff. So we have to think a lot about a lot of different people and different people's needs. We are in the process right now of uh, starting to implement next week our return to the office. Um, so we've extensively surveyed, talked to all of our employees to find out what kind of issues are they facing. Do they still have kids at home? Do they have medical conditions? Do they have family members that have medical conditions? And looking at, you know, how do we really accommodate them? How do we make them feel safe? Um, we're, uh, we have already uh, Uh, constructed the office to make it a much safer place for distancing and things like that. Uh, So uh, we're doing much like all other businesses and that is taking it slow and easy, gradually uh, having people return. So starting next week we will start that process and we hope over the next four to six weeks we we pretty much have a routine down.
0: And do you notice that that's kind of commonplace uh, coming up with a routine and gradual return?
1: Yeah, that seems to be the, the norm. Uh, one thing we're doing, though, too, is we're, we're creating sessions for multiple businesses to come together to talk about reopening. Uh, what we find is that a lot of people just don't know what to do. They don't feel they have clear guidelines or they think their business is unique. So we're putting those people all together so they can all talk, they can ask questions, they can use best practices. And we've constructed a website too that has all of that kind of information uh, to give people guidance. That's a big issue. And then the availability of PPE, personal protection equipment, uh, because if you don't have that, you can't open and you can't move your employees back. So having access to that and making sure you have adequate supplies and that they meet the requirements of USDA or whoever it is. Uh, so we worked in partnership with the Department of Commerce to create a website that has PPE providers on it because that's kind of a very critical component of going back. Uh, but it, that's coming together really well. There are a lot of providers.
0: What, can, what do you think people can expect as we move
1: Uh, You know, I think it's not going to be the same uh, because of how we're going to go back. You know, when you talk about restaurants can only operate at 25 percent capacity, movie theaters, you know, uh, to me, too, traveling is going to be a huge issue, especially public kind of transportation. Uh, Airplanes were not built for six foot separation. Uh, Neither were transit systems. So how people, you know, feel comfortable uh, or uncomfortable in those kind of situations is going to be really interesting. The other thing you have to think about is with those kind of restrictions, is it profitable for a business to even open? If they can only serve 25% of their capacity, is that enough to even make money? So you know, it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. I think a lot of people are just sort of hoping we flip a switch and everything's back to normal, it isn't gonna be that way. The other thing is a lot of businesses have learned new practices. Uh, A lot of businesses have uh, used technology to do things that before they didn't rely upon technology. And, you know, no one yet knows how that's gonna stick. And also our habits, you know, uh, now we're used to buying food to take home or having it delivered. We're probably before, we didn't do a lot of that. Are people going to continue doing that? And are people going to always want to get curbside retail delivery and uh, you know liquor and beer sent to your house? I don't know. Uh, are people going to shop online now a whole lot more than what they have in the past? Those are all kind of questions that you know you consumers I, probably have an idea of what they think they're going to do, but they don't necessarily know what their neighbor our other friends and peers are going to do, so I think it's going to take some getting used to. It's, it's not going to be the same. It's going to be different. Having said that, though, I'm not sure it's different bad. I just think it's different. Yeah. yeah. Not necessarily the No, just different. Not the, not the normal. Every day is different.
0: <laughs> and then finally, what are you most optimistic about?
1: Well, you know, what, what I always think about uh, is where we are here in Oklahoma. Oklahoma You know, Oklahoma City was a land run city. Uh, There wasn't much opportunity here when people first came here. And when you look at uh, major, you know, setbacks in the history of Oklahoma City, we've always ended up in a better place than we were before that event happened. Uh, Whether it's been, you know, economic problems, physical problems, things like that. So I'm just optimistic that people here are very creative. They're very innovative. Uh, And they roll with the punches, and so uh, that makes me feel like there isn't really a whole lot to worry about. People are are going to adapt to this, they're going to come back, and at the end of the day we're going to be better off than what we are now.
0: Do you think it helps, and this wasn't on the question, but do you think it helps that we're not as populated as the coastal areas?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, where you see the worst problems with COVID-19 is where there's so much density, where people really live in uh, crowded places. So I think mid-market-sized cities like us, uh, and like a lot of the cities we've competed with for economic development projects, will have an advantage. Because I do think there are going to be people who are no longer going to want to live in New York, in Chicago, and in areas and places where there's you know, just every day coming in contact with thousands of people. So I do think that's an advantage. What, what you also don't know, though, kind of that that question leads to, is are we going to go back to suburbanation? Are we going to go back to people wanting to live in suburbs as opposed to central cities? Uh, and that's being talked about a whole lot. Uh, as I talk to my peers across the country who are in every metro city in the United States, Uh, they're hearing pushback from some of their larger corporations, Chicago being one, where employees of the large corporations that are headquartered downtown, uh, people are saying, I don't really want to commute to downtown Chicago anymore. And I I really don't want to get on crowded uh, buses, streetcars, trains, things like that. I'd rather drive my car to a satellite office uh, that's nearer to me than going downtown. And then compound that with what kind of distance policies are there going to be on getting on elevators and high-rise buildings. I mean, some of the stuff we have heard, uh, your commute from the lobby to your office might be an hour and a half, uh, because uh, elevators may only allow two people on them uh, instead of 12 or 15. Uh, So, you know, if you're on the 50th floor of a downtown Chicago office building, you've added three hours of commute time. (laughs) We don't have that problem. So I do think, back to your question, yeah, I think there, there are uh, advantages to the mid-sized metros versus the really large metros on east and west coast. And even in, in the central part of the United States, you know, Denver, Chicago, Dallas, all of those have huge concentrations of downtown employment. And I think people are just going to rethink, do I have to do that and do I want to do it?
0: Rebuilding America, you can find all of that content, both the local stuff and the national work, online at oklahoman.com. We also produced a 16-minute documentary, which features Roy Williams and Oklahoma City Mayor David Holt, among others. And plenty more stories can be read at oklahoman.com. Please subscribe to our digital products by going to oklahoman.com slash subscribe. Tomorrow, it's The Source. It's our weekly podcast. It's a look at the top news. For my colleagues at The Oklahoma. I'm Dave Morris. Have a great night, everyone.